0: I mean, the drug problem is on the street and the mental illness problem is in City Hall.
1: Welcome to episode number 16 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where it's hot enough to melt just about anything.
0: And from Ant- America's Antifa-occupied left coast, where straight, white, and male are four-letter words, I'm Ryan Bemrose. There's not four letters,
1: but oh, I get what you're talking about, because we're talking about <laughs> language today with a very special guest. Everybody on the No Agenda stream, you don't really need any introduction at all because it's Larry Blindner from That Larry Show, one of the most liked shows on the stream. It's always interesting watching the troll room when shows are on. And <laughs> uh, you know, with with Larry, it's always this guy sounds like a narrator I've heard on some or on some show, and otherwise it's like, oh, I, I, I like this guy, what, where he's coming from. And you, I actually, you had,
0: I actually had somebody ask me once, uh, it, "Are are you playing an audiobook snippet?" <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, hey, and it's, it's nice like to no, be here, guys. You, thank you, thank you, thanks well, for it's having good me. Good to
0: have you
1: back. Well, actually, you were on the first. broadcast episode of grumpy old Ben's because we had recorded the first episode but it hadn't gone out yet so it's nice to have you back here 16 episodes in and the the podcast is still going on and and sir Bemrose and I haven't killed each other yet and we keep finding things to to rant about and one of the things we had done an episode on free speech Mm. but what we're dealing with today is a little bit you know different than that in how language has been weaponized and how language is being changed. And we knew the guy to have on was you because anybody that listens to that Larry show, and you should, if you're not that Larry show.com, that is one of your pet peeves is looking at things going on with language.
2: It is, it is, you know, and on one of my show pages, I say, you know, we fight for uh, a shit free America and it's really bullshit. And the amount of bullshit that is being uh, rained down on us constantly through the distortion of language is. Hideous, really is. But I had a quick thought before. I thought you know, there's Ryan up there in the um, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. He's not telling. I'm down here in the land of law, <laughs> right? Which is which actually was a great place when I got here a couple decades back. But because of commies, it's rapidly becoming a shithole that everyone's fleeing. And well, well there's da- Darren out there in Chirac. Have you got your Kevlar vest on, Darren? Just
1: dodging those bullets. <laughs> no, but. You know, no, but I've got uh, three nine millimeter pistols within arm's length. So in case you Crowder, in case huh? trouble happens, I, I, I suppose right. if, you're,
0: if you're quick enough, you can block a bullet with one of those.
2: Yes, right. Well, but yeah. I, I thought you
0: know maybe there's
2: like you know, some type of triangle a moniker we can come up with here is in Bermuda, you know, because we do we do prescribe a uh, a geographic triangle here of weirdness. These uh, locus loci's of, uh, of 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 commie strongholds. That are fucking up well, our world
1: yeah and what's interesting is that uh I, we're all fairly on the same side of most of the stuff that i've heard you know talking about politically and that And we're all surrounded in our own little yes. areas here i mean chicago's absolutely nuts we know los angeles is really nuts and you, at first you don't think of the seattle area as being that absolutely militant and crazy but as yeah. you said when we started the show ryan it is the antifa stronghold and that may be The craziest city, because I've never seen people in, uh, you know, masks in the middle of the street screwing Mm -hmm. around with traffic like you see up in the in the great northwest, because that's one thing that Chicago cops just wouldn't deal with. I mean, (laughs) you can have your political views, but yeah, block the streets. You're going to get
0: cops have have literally been instructed by the city council not to enforce the laws against uh, people demonstrating or homeless people. So you you literally can get away with anything and it, the cops are are actually their hands are tied there there are cops quitting the Seattle police force in droves because the they they're just not allowed to do their jobs and they're sitting here watching these injustices go on and the city council says no no we must be compassionate mm.
2: well you know i grew up in new york and in new york It was illegal for anyone over the age of 12 to wear a mask in public. I don't know if they flipped that law, but that's the way it was.
0: New York has always strived to be the model authoritarian state, and it seems to be working for them, I guess.
2: Yeah, but uh, I mean, that seems like a simple fix for this Antifa thing. You know, you you you, you, you if you're gonna you know cut yourself like uh, Butch and Sundance or the Bandito cover your face. You're going in a fucking brig, whether you do well, anything I, or not.
0: I think another simple fix for this Antifa thing is that if somebody comes out and and jacks around a person on the street because of something that they say or what they're wearing, then you throw them in jail for assault. Yes, yes. that that seems like a simple fix. We don't Doesn't need it? new laws. We have got existing laws that could be enforced.
1: Yeah. Well, which they don't want to enforce them because that's just a whole nother set when it comes down to things like sanctuary cities. And that's one of these words that always annoys me because, you know, growing up, you heard sanctuary. You only heard like, you know, going into a church and and getting sanctuary. Right. Um, And it's meant for people who are really in trouble you know, that are being wronged sure. usually in one way or another. And now that's kind of being turned into, you know, any criminal you want to bring into your city and you know how that is in LA. I don't know. Uh, is, is Seattle a sanctuary city as well? Mr. Bembrose. Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> of course for it's, it for sanctuary. Sanctuary being the first of our redefined words today. Yes. Yes. They, good one. They, have, they have decided that the word sanctuary really means uh, we are going to allow full lawlessness in our city and we're not going to enforce the laws of the nation or even the laws that are on the books that is what people are interpreting sanctuary to be
1: which is absolutely insane when you have mayors of these major towns saying to the federal government we won't enforce your laws if the if the feds come and and try to go after somebody we are not going to help you it's like that i don't understand how that can be allowed to stand because you're taking an oath you're fulfilling it you know to fulfill the office that you're taking and i don't know how this goes along with flouting the law when it comes to deciding on what you're going to enforce and what you're not because if you don't enforce certain laws then why are you enforcing other ones and who gets to decide especially in a city you know, like Chicago, where we have some of the toughest gun laws around, but as you may know, <laughs> you can go to a site called heyjackass.com. That's a great site. It shows you exactly like what's it uh, it, it, it's it's all about Chicago gun violence, and it is up to the minute usually with how many people have been shot, how many people have been killed. <laughs> and and believe it or not, there's a lot of that going on in this
0: gun-free zone.
1: Isn't that amazing
0: I, I, I've seen actually I've seen a number of statistics that show uh, fairly conclusively that the places that have the most gun violence in all of America are the cities where you're not allowed to carry guns. Chicago, yeah. I'm pretty sure is number one. Uh, Miami's up there. Uh, New York city's up there. All the places that uh, have been, well, for one thing, they've been completely Democrat controlled forever, but yeah. they also have strict rules on who can carry a gun. And they're the ones where people are shooting each other. Sure. Well, it's as stupid as the uh,
2: you know the war on drugs. I, I, I got to tell you, truth be told, I was rooting for El Chapo. I think we need guys. The world needs <laughs> like guys like that. And um, you know that he he is the uh, what kind of the uh, the the object lesson in the stupidity of the war on drugs. You know, they like like they people actually. I, I think there probably is a perception out there. People seeing that guy being locked up, like oh oh, it's all fixed now. We got him.
1: Right. Is that what people were thinking? Well, yeah, because that one guy was the problem. If you you know anything about the the uh, what's going on in Chicago, gang violence used to be a lot like the, you know, the Italian mob. The gang violence used to be pretty much uh, contained to if somebody was getting shot and killed, it was another gang member. And what they ended up doing was. They went and rounded up all of the old guys that were running the gangs. And I mean, I say old in gang terms is probably 40, but the older guys that were keeping these young punks in check and keeping their bit of law, which is, hey, we don't want the, the cops aren't going to come down on us anywhere near as much if you kill another gang member. And what they did is they rounded up all of these, the elder statesmen of the gangs Mm -hmm. and left the younger kids to roam wild. And the violence has gotten worse. Yeah. You know, uh,
0: how about also the tendency to turn more and more people into criminals? Because I mean, I I don't know if you want to also go to the war on drugs, uh, but turning more people into criminals for nothing more than having an ounce in their pocket. And if they're already criminals, they've already got a record. They've already spent time, you know, in jail or wherever. They're going to come back to the street and go, well, the system's not for me. So obviously, the only place I belong is the gang.
1: Right. Well, war is in one of those words. What's that? War is one of those words, too. I mean, think about that. When I was a kid, before the war on drugs came out, war meant people actually going in countries, shooting at each other, killing each other. Now, Uh, I mean, this whole this has been co-opted with the it's a war on drugs. It's like, don't you just mean enforcement of law?
0: Right. It, it the, the war is actually, I think, worse than that. Uh, there hasn't been a point in my life, at least, where the United States hasn't had the largest military in the, on the planet. And, and And the idea of having a military at all and the idea of going to war was so that two nations could get out and do some dick measuring. And the United <laughs> States has had the longest dick for my entire life. Uh, you know, coming out of World War II, the U.S., who had no fighting on their soil and ramped up the military-industrial complex for World War II, like nobody's business, suddenly came out of that and went. You know what? We're the world's, you know, the the top power, and there was nobody left to challenge them. And even before I was around, they went, "Well, we've got this military; we have to keep using it because we're spending on all of it." And so that was where war suddenly got redefined to mean world's policeman sure
1: well and isn't it interesting that we had the just real wars and then we turned into the war on drugs and the war on gangs and now we are literally having a war on speech yes i, I don't you know i
0: i never you, you really thought terror. i would see
1: anything you forgot well, of terror, course yes, we had the was, war on.
0: Ter- t- that was that was the stepping stone to fighting wars against abstract concepts right
1: right right
2: and <laughs> The first I recall, I think it was, wouldn't it have been LBJ's War on Poverty? Wasn't that the first one? Probably. Or maybe, you know what, maybe it was Maybe it was the War on Booze. I think there was something like that back in the, you know, <laughs> again, you know, that whole that whole push, that movement was very reminiscent of the anti-gun thing. If you look, I saw a fascinating uh, documentary and, a few and, years ago. And nobody ago.
0: can take a lesson from prohibition, by the way, but go on. No. No, completely <laughs>
2: fucked up. The same mindset, the same and douchebags that were behind Prohibition are pretty much the same gang that are anti-self-defense. Um, and I think, and again, talk about deceptive language. What did they call it? Did they ever say, we're taking away your liquor? Fuck no. It was temperance. What the fuck does <laughs> temperance mean? But that's what they called it.
0: I I always assumed it had something to do with your temperature because, you know, you get flushed. Rectal thermometers. Maybe that's it. Full of gin. Yeah. Well, they're sticking something up there when they're trying to enforce this. Yeah. Temperance. Yeah. Yes. And the language
1: goes, and that was, uh, was it, a, I think you played the George Carlin clip on one of your shows, Larry, that went what PTSD was originally oh, yeah. called shell shocked and yes. moved on. And, uh, it, and it really is, I mean, Carlin was a forward thinker on a lot of things and yeah. I, you know, really, he, it would be interesting to know what his thoughts on the world today would be because, uh, you know, he was a guy that was pretty liberal and this oh. stuff is coming from that side. And I think he would be, uh, Firmly in their face over a lot of this stuff, which uh, maybe is why he died well, young. Were they, was it? Where there's circumstances surrounding that you couldn't have this guy telling the truth anymore.
0: Young, I yeah. think he was like seventy
2: five. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he had a, he had a decent run, but you know, r- right there, there's your uh, a, 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 a term that's been co opted and distorted. You know, liberal. You know, I think oh, of myself, I I'm, I'm pretty I'm kind of liberal, really. I am I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm not a rigid guy, but liberal has now come to mean a completely authoritarian, rigid asshole. How did that I, happen?
0: I, I am as liberal as they come in the classic sense, in that I believe that one of the most powerful political values we can have is liberty. And the party that calls themselves liberals today believes in quite the opposite of liberty. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it it hasn't been a quick thing. This has been going on since the 60s. And I always suggest people go back and read a lot of the stuff from the weather underground and where they were kind of pointing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was one thing we just never thought you would see in this country. And that would be the war. If you can uh, use that term on speech, it was always growing up. We always were taught you had the freedom of speech besides, you know, maybe yelling fire in a crowded theater. And that is a uh, triggering for uh, Sir Ben Rose. Right.
2: Uh, <laughs> Listen, I, stop you for that, a second. I have to stop you guys and jump in with a sick story because you know part of my thing is stories. Can I do that? Do you mind? Please you tell me a story. Oh, you mentioned you mentioned the weather it. underground. Okay. Long time ago, I had a girlfriend in New York. Her father was a uh, was a cop, fun guy, good guy, and he used to tell these wonderful cop stories. And he was a rookie, like just days on the job, freshly minted. And he got a call to go down to Greenwich, Greenwich Village where, was it Mark Rudd, uh, whoever the fuck the assholes were of that day who were running the weather underground, had blown themselves and a townhouse up while making a bomb. And so he, he responds to this call, you know, goes into this smoke-filled building with the you know, facade blown onto the sidewalk and with a much older cop, some lieutenant. And they hear some guy moaning in the corner. And he looks, and here's this guy lying there with this huge sucking wound in his chest. Just. Oh, right. That yeah. sucks. That sucks. <laughs> and the older cop looks at the guy and says, Hush now. You'll be dead in a minute.
0: <laughs> Ouch. Hi. <laughs> I mean, small comfort where you can, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but, see, that was and that was the era back when police yeah. actually existed to protect and serve. That's right. <laughs> that's because yeah. that's I guess that's protecting and serving. You know, the the thing that actually came to mind when you were talking about that was uh, making a bomb. Because uh, how many people do you really hear about making a bomb these days? The the FBI pretty much has a a lock on on domestic terrorist bombs anymore. You know, you buy. You buy the wrong, uh, the wrong proportions of fertilizer or something, and you're on a list, and then they're going to come knock on your door and be like, "Are you, uh, you know, are you using this fertilizer?" Like, well, there's mm-hmm. a field right there, but uh, nowadays, I'm, I was thinking that story could be modernized, and instead of a uh, somebody making a bomb, if you want to bring that to the modern era, th- it was a meth lab.
2: Yeah, yeah, with Brian Cranston.
1: <laughs> a little Breaking Bad right into the uh, bring it right into your living room and uh, yeah. make it into entertainment. But but the you know the weather underground. I mean, people forget the fact that uh, you know that one of the head guys there, Bill Ayers, was one of the guys that was a good buddy of Obama's, and yeah. uh, nobody wanted to make that connection. But you go back and you read their manifesto, and it was all pretty clear stuff, which was do anything you can to make the cops bad which was one of the top things right to separate the racists so to cause problems between the black and white then they weren't really talking at that point about the uh the hispanics as so the, the population wasn't really that uh big at that point and they were also talking about separating making problems between the rich and the rest of the world and that sure. is pretty so it, much the playbook that they've used yeah. it, mm-hmm. it sounds
0: like they're it sounds like they're kind of obsolete anymore, then, because the the mainstream parties are now separating the races with their language and making certain that uh, the the rich and poor have class strife between them by constantly highlighting and and I mean the cops don't even need help looking like terrible these days.
1: <laughs> well, so, and you know what they do? They I mean I think most cops are good at their jobs. They're risking their lives, and I believe the percentage of bad cops is infinitesimal compared well, to what you hear about
0: cops are people and for the most part a 95 percent of people are good honest humans who want to do the right thing at the end of the day there's a reason our society is has progressed and didn't tear itself apart before most people are generally pretty good people who just want to help each other out and when you get cops like that that helps us keep our society together they're they're good people who want to do the right thing but it's that other four percent five percent whatever that are not good people and the problem with the with with the police mentality and the reason why of course i can blame them anyway is the thin blue line i i the the idea that when you get a bad person who is a cop and they do bad things that the the culture in law enforcement is you must protect them. That is not forgivable. Even if you have good people who really want to do good things all the time, if, if good people say nothing at, and allow injustice to happen, like a cop going into the wrong house and shooting someone's dog, um, then it, you're culpable. Sorry. That was a Wait, total ever, side rant. You had need nothing to be held with language.
1: Well, you need to be held accountable, but a lot of this stuff, I think, has progressed so again you go back to the weather underground manifesto and how did this something they wanted to do back in the 1960s how did that become what appears to be the reality of today and i think a lot of it was take over two things take over the schools by putting people that believe what you do into the roles of teachers right. and take over the media those two things are very very powerful aren't they
0: well they've oh. happened they have totally like because
1: this this is where everybody especially with your kids I mean and I don't know uh I I think it's the rarity now to have parents that are engaged with what their kids are learning at school I think the the norm now is just ah, eh, you know the the government will take care of that they can learn there I don't need to look at uh you know what they're being taught in history I don't need to worry about uh who's teaching the kids because you know the the government again they've done background checks and they've uh, they've they've vetted these people (laughs) and uh but if you if the people in the government are all one side politically it's like in larry we talked about in the in the free speech episode it's like because we're at that point was the big uh, alex jones and all these people being deplatformed, and to me it all comes down to a simple fact is anybody that is trying to shut somebody else up they would be the people that i'm worrying about not the people that are spouting out crazy stuff
2: No. No, I mean, that's always the way the way to spot the um, the liar is the one that's screaming for somebody's silence. That's the liar. That's the bad guy. No exceptions. I
0: I was a little confused at at your last statement simply because I do believe that yelling for somebody to shut up just because you can't hear what they're saying is crazy. But the world's got a lot of crazy these days.
1: Yeah, (laughs) well, that's true. You know, and, and Alex Jones falls into that category on a lot of things, but it, it comes down to even the crazy people are right every now and then. But you can tell me if you're if you disagree with this, but I go back. I probably and maybe disagree wasn't the
0: with this, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you always disagree no matter what. I go back to how we got to this point as far as the the language being ramped up and used in different ways and really coming down to. Uh, a real uh, risk of the first amendment being falling apart is when we started hearing about bullying because everything is for the children and, Oh, well we can't have our children being bullied. And I know we brought it up in the, in the free speech episode too, was the, the old fable line, whatever, when we were kids, you'd hear, well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. What the hell happened to that, Larry?
2: I don't know. But it's become so insidious, uh, the distortion of language, the weaponization of it, as you said, I did something uh, in a bonus episode a couple of weeks ago, you know, the the hot thing online for about a week after the first democratic debate was, uh, what's her name, Kamala torpedoing Joe Biden, right? Right. And I looked at those clips and I saw something in there or heard something that I didn't see any pundit pick up on. And it really got me. I, I watched what she said. It was it was a brilliant piece of of, of political assas- assassination. The way she sets Joe up. She first says, you know, I, I don't think you're a racist, and then proceeds to tell why she thinks he is a racist. But there was a key right. word in there that she used that was so fucking telling. At one point, she says, you know, you you, you uh, that you've you've done something, and it's it's hurtful, right? So right that's right (laughs) root word (laughs) bully it's hurtful there's a 50 year old woman talking about a guy she probably never met um stuff that he's done whatever it's hurtful what the that's that's what 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 you get when you lead with your emotions there you go right on so correct it's hurtful you know it's Uh, just uh, mind-blowing
0: the the other one uh, along the same lines that i've heard that just it blows me away because it's it's such a clinical word that's being redefined is is problematic. Yeah, it's it's whenever you you don't want to come out and say, well, I I think that you're a you know white cisgendered racist scum. You just say, well, uh, I find your gender problematic. Right. Right. It's <laughs> it's so <laughs> passive aggressive. Totally gutless. Gutless.
1: Yeah. Well, it is. And and again, this comes with the bullying stuff. It's like, well, nobody wants kids to have to deal with being, you know, you know, beat up or anything like that. But to me, there was always a big difference when I was growing up between words and somebody actually taking a swing at you. And there and there was the line because words, again, not supposed to hurt you. But now this is the most hurtful thing anybody can do is misgender you or say something right. that you don't like or something that the. I mean the term racist is being thrown around like now right now like it has never been before and it was really ironic to me that i don't remember this happening much when i was growing up until the point where barack obama then got elected i mean i thought things were getting pretty good with between race relations even here in chicago and everything was pretty much uh you know uh, pretty much good until Barack Obama got into office and it became anybody that disagreed with his policies were now labeled as a racist, because how do you defend that? And I think that's what a lot of this is, is a way to shut somebody up because you disagree with them. In this case, you know, hey, if you dared to disagree with President Barack, well, then we're going to label you as a racist and you have a lot more problems because the way I look at it is this. You could be coming up with the greatest reason why you don't like a policy. You could have five great minutes of actual proof to back this up, but you know how much time it takes you to respond to you're a racist. That takes a lot more time.
2: Mm.
1: You know, that's a very damning thing. And how do you do it? How do you prove you're not a racist? How do you prove you're not a sexist? How do you prove you're not any of these things? Well, it's,
0: it's getting easier Uh, The reason the reason I think it's getting easier is uh, something that that I almost am thankful for. uh, Something that not even Dr. Martin Luther King was able to do. And you remember his "I Have a Dream" speech, where he actually talked about uh, you know a a world where people could live alongside each other and nobody really uh, noticed the uh, nobody noticed the race and nobody made drew a line between white and black. It was actually a a beautiful vision for a colorblind world. And I actually still think that that's the way forward is, is just deciding that you want to be, you want to interact with people as humans instead of as a race. I think sure. that's the only way forward. Of and, course. It's, and somewhere along the line, the people who are now try you know, purporting to champion his views have got it completely wrong and are now screaming about, you know, race, 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 and, uh, reparations and, and white versus black. And, and you have a different skin color. Therefore you're wrong, which is precisely the opposite of what Dr. Martin Luther King actually wanted. Uh, but of course, you know, that it doesn't fit into their political narrative, but the real benefit that we've got out of that is that, uh, the term racist is, becoming normalized when i was younger uh the the term racist actually had a real connotation that brought with it a, an accusation of something truly terrible like if if you said somebody was racist it really meant you know when i was a child oh we don't want to associate with that person because they're they're actually bad they they're bigoted they believe that somebody's skin color means that they're you know, inferior, they believe this, and it had a whole, it actually had meaning. And nowadays, if I say, Hey, Larry, you're a racist. You're like, yeah, I know my skin is light. (laughs) That's the the (laughs) word has, has been transformed into an information free invective. There is no connotative meaning anymore to somebody calling you a racist. They are simply saying, fuck you. They are saying, I don't like you. They're saying orange man, bad. There, there is no information in it. It is just a statement of anger. And so how do you respond to somebody calling you a racist? You're like, well, okay, I get that. You don't like me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's too bad for you, but sticks and stones will break my bones. You're right. I, I mean, <clears throat> sticks and stones. There is here's another
2: thing, how the, uh, the language has been so distorted. Uh, A similar bromide to that, of course, would be action speaks louder than words, right? But in today's culture, that's been that's been turned inside out. Now what people do means almost nothing. It's what they say that matters and can be pointed to and 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 uh, and used and again as you said weaponized and, and, right? and speaking. That true?
0: Spe- yeah people speaking through milkshakes which people happened.
2: People speak through- <laughs> so let me ask you guys something we, we lay blame at the educational system and i think that's correct i think it's hugely responsible for how fucked up our society has become now what is ha- what has happened to our educational system you guys are both consider yourself techies right stem guys however you have you know you're equally adroit with the verbal side of the equation but i think there's so much focus on stem and so little focus in the educational system on language is this the problem is this why people are unable to distinguish the nuances, how words are being twisted and distorted, because all they really understand is coding and bits and bytes.
1: No, well, I think I- it's mainly because of people are being pushed on a uh, an emotional level rather than a uh, really to look at something from uh a critical point of view. And I think that may be the biggest problem going on is that it's easy to change people's minds by using emotion. It's a lot harder to do it by using facts and figures. And I just don't think people understand that words mean things. I mean, that's something I remember Rush Limbaugh saying when I was like maybe back in high school or college, which is, you know, when he was breaking down some of these things that people had said, and it's like, you know what words mean things. And I don't believe people necessarily even look at that anymore, or they don't look at things in context you know somebody uh you know you could be mother Teresa for ninety nine point nine percent of your life, but if you dare utter the wrong word at the wrong time, then you're gonna be labeled you know a racist or sure. whatever because this is you know it's part of a gotcha kind of culture mm-hmm. which we see in politics all the time uh it's also an interesting world because we're rather than looking at what somebody says. Um, you know, even 10, 15, 20 years ago, your your book for what the world could see, for what, you know, I said, Ryan said, you know, you said, Larry, it was very limited until we got this thing called the internet and social media where people were posting things in a public forum. Normally, if you said something, you know, when you were out in you know the mall talking to your friends. It was forgotten, and then there was no proof of somebody even said, oh, you know what? I think Larry said this a couple of weeks ago. There was no proof. Nobody was pulling out a video. Nobody was pulling out a text or anything like that, and we didn't have to live in a world where everything was under the scrutiny that it is today, and I just don't think that uh – I don't think again facts and figures don't matter to this current culture. It's all about emotion. It's not even about, you know, what the words mean. I think there's just a it's a big disconnect and I don't think it has much to do with uh you know what people are being taught is is as, as much as how they're being taught things or what they're also not being taught. When growing again growing up we were taught about things like the Holocaust and why they happened and the Civil War and the you know the Southern generals weren't portrayed as being completely bad people, and you know we look at things now like well you can't have the Confederate flag. I mean hell, the banned Confederate railroad was just kicked off of a gig because of their name has the word Confederate in it, and mm-hmm. it's just this kind of stuff is all emotion and it's all absolutely nuts. But I, I, I agree.
2: But I think part of it is it, it's something that I would call what they're what they're cooking up now what they're fabricating i have termed verbal knuckleballs right and you're a baseball guy so <laughs> you take yeah, something like term. what do you hear you know a few a few election cycles ago politicians were actually dumb enough to use the word free free education free healthcare free abortion free birth control free, whatever the fuck beer. it was free beer Free sex, free ice cream, right? Nobody, they never say free anymore. They don't because even even the, the 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 lowest caliber intellect understands somewhere on a visceral visceral level that fuck free nothing is free. Somebody has to pay for something. Right. Now did, did, the verbal knuckleball is access to access uh. to right, and it's oh, yeah oh yeah I want access to is not Did Obama using?
0: give out access to free health or free cell phones in Chicago? Well, that
1: true? <laughs> yeah, there were <laughs> Obama phones. Okay. I don't think that was just Chicago though.
0: I wanted to I wanted to go back and, and actually answer uh, Larry's accusation of the of the uh, education system. Uh you you asked how how is it that they can do well in STEM and fail in language uh, mm-hmm. and, and I want to I want to dispute I don't think that they do well in STEM either. They might be <laughs> focusing on it, uh, but it, cause I, 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 I was in the education system. I, I thank God that I got out of public school. I escaped that asylum before no child left behind. And, mm. and the self-esteem movement really took off. Uh, I, I was in college when uh, the, the people who were in first and second grade were all getting trophies for participation. Right. But, College, at least the college I went to, which was a state college, uh, never it, it introduced me to a great many concepts, but the greatest thing I ever got out of college was access to a library. And I, I didn't learn my STEM skills at college, and I didn't learn my language skills at college. I spent every moment I could in a library where I would read technical manuals. Yes, I'm that kind of weird. And I gained my technical skills by reading and, and understanding things that people actually knew what they were doing. We're talking about. And I gained my language skills by reading books. Uh, The, the formal classes introduced me to a great many topics and gave me access to the library, but that's as far as my education in the formal sense ever went. The, it, I did not go on. I actually had professors asking me when I was in college. They said, you know, I notice you're really smart. Would you like to stay on? Because I'd love to work with you for a master's program. And I said, no, because I'm getting my bachelor's degree. And that's all I need is a piece of paper that says, I wasted four years of my life to get this piece of paper. And that I can hand that piece of paper to somebody in the real world and make 10 times the money that you're making because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And Therefore you're teaching because if you knew what the hell you were talking about, you'd get out of this place and go actually practice the, you know, I I got out of college back in the late nineties when uh, everybody who could even see what a computer was, was instantly hired for 10 times the money that a professor could make. And, And so the only people who were teaching us were the people who may have even been out in the real world. But for the most part, they didn't know what they were talking about, but they knew how to teach and I'm like, well, okay, so you're trying to give me information, but all this information is in this book, and I can read faster than I can listen to your droning ass <laughs> <laughs> so i was uh I was not the most respectful student either <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh it's it's like I said it wasn't just the stem side of that i I also believe and I agree with you that uh education system does not teach people verbal skills and like i said i got that from reading and i don't i don't put that directly on the education system though because the education system is doing what they've always done with regards to verbal skills which is exposing people to literature to great ideas to things uh the 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 big difference, and this actually happened even in my generation, our, our generation, because I don't think I'm much different in age, uh, I is that people stopped reading books. People yes. stopped reading literature. Yep. And for that, I don't blame the education system. For that, I blame Hollywood. Hmm.
1: Well, who is responsible for turning everybody into a victim? That's the real question, I guess. Google.
0: Oh, <laughs> that, predates, that is a big word. Google.
2: predates
0: okay well that that was that was flippant
1: (laughs) you You flippant i don't
0: believe that i i have been known to be glib at times uh well
1: you know i'm just i'm just curious with this because the story you know i've been following the lsu student that died due to hazing and we can put that into air quotes that everybody you know this this was the prosecutor on the case said that the guy that died is a victim. It could happen to any of our children. This was no fault of his. And this is a this, again, we're talking about language here. How
0: how many people do you think are in fraternities across the entire country? I have no idea. I I, I spent four years and and we did a quote unquote hazing uh, of people at the fraternity for four years. And we never had an. Now obviously the, the people who make it are the ones who will, will do things that may embarrass somebody. They may, uh, 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 what was the, the phrase that was used back in the day, build character, You can build (laughs) character with somebody without actually putting them in danger. If, if you dangle somebody off a building and your rope fails and they fall to their death, or if you give somebody so much alcohol that they black out and can't remember any lessons you're teaching them and then maybe go to the hospital and die. Well, obviously you're, practices are shit and maybe your house should be shut down. But I stop blaming all fraternities everywhere for hazing when it's only a few people who get out of line and are fucking stupid and should be shut down when other people were like yeah, we had to change our practices in the fraternity because the, the, the hazing was a big thing even back in the 90s and we couldn't do hazing in the you know national spotlight on every single incident and we had to change it so that for a while the official policy of the fraternity, not that anyone ever followed this in in down on the ground, but the official policy was basically we have to coddle every freshman and we have to give them everything, and we have to treat them exactly like the brother who's been in the fraternity for four years because we can't possibly treat them any different because that's hazing,
2: yeah, Darren, I was on the road for a week and I missed this LSU story. Can you tighten me up on that
1: or it would- what's the well it was just it finally got through the court system it happened a couple of years ago oh, okay. which again it was a hazing incident where the uh, if you got a, you know they asked a question about the fraternity if you got the answer wrong you were told to drink okay and the the kid that ended up passing away because of this and one guy was being now
0: was charged that's with a, this for negligent a homicide. Terrible Could do- ritual. It's negative reinforcement. The more you drink, the less you can remember.
1: Right. Which is, I mean, I understand there's a big issue with the idiocy of that. But, you know, for me, it comes down to if you're telling somebody to drink and they still do it by their own free will. This is where I start having a problem with Mm -hmm. this. And when you say, well, you know, okay, there was also other people that were providing the alcohol besides the guy that was found uh, guilty of this they also had people that said at the end of this particular uh you know question and answer Mm -hmm. period that the kid picked up a bottle and drank of his own free will because obviously really drunk i mean you're going to do stupid stuff but it seems like he wasn't being forced to drink the stuff it's like, again, if you're not forcing somebody to do something, if this is strictly just words mm-hmm. that you tell somebody to do something, if I say right now, you know, Ryan, go run out in traffic and you okay, go do pe- that pe- pe- and right get back. killed. Right. <laughs> Am I responsible <laughs> for that? And, uh, you know, that's your the question. Vest. And, uh, and people, right. Because <laughs> at least they might see you before right. they do it. And, uh, and you know, I, I feel uh, this is this is something that people will usually say. and Maybe I am just a heartless bastard. These are, are one of these stories. Well, <laughs> well, you know, it's possible. Well, you know what?
2: This is but, a lot like a more recent story of the chick that told the guy to kill himself via text, and he did. Remember? Yes, that's
1: on the list here. Yeah. Yes. Right. You know, and it's oh, it's, it's, a well, it's one of these things. <laughs> well, no, there, this was, that was oh, one of on on the other list. stories. <laughs> Yeah, we're all on a list. There's no doubt about it. No. But just you know, to, just to, to finish up the LSU thing quickly. I mean, like I said, I may be the heartless bastard because usually people will tell you, well, it's just because it's a faceless person you don't know them, so you can blame them easily for doing stupid stuff. Sure. And the the kid that died in this case, his name was Max Groover. He is my cousin's son. Oh. So I knew my cousin pretty well. Haven't talked to her in years, but. This is you know, a family member that this happened to. And I still can't bring myself to be, you know, when I hear somebody say that he was this was no fault of his own and he was only in college for a month when this happened. Mm. But you people testified that he was already at the bar on his own and he was smoking pot and he was doing these things of his own free will. I just have a real problem when people start holding somebody else responsible for somebody else's actions
0: and pressure is a hell of a drug.
1: It is, but let me ask
2: yeah, you. something. In, I mean, the, in the in the in the case, Darren had it come out. This was not this kid's first drink. I take it. Had he ever had alcohol before?
1: You know, I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, it was. They yeah. said he was at the bar before, and <laughs> you know, somebody mentioned that maybe he didn't have a lot of experience mm-hmm. with it, but. You know, I don't really know whether that's true or not. I doubt it was his first drink. Yeah. I, I really don't believe that. Uh, I yeah. mean, how, many, how many kids go to college who have never drank sure. anything in high school? I mean, there is. Well, there's, I, I, well like I, as I far as my, my parents kids,
0: are aware, I never drank anything before I turned 21. <laughs>
1: well,
2: <I've laughs> well, you always were a, told a good my kids, kid, Ryan. Kid, Ryan. My, my older daughter and even the younger one. Yeah, I say you, you can only get drunk once by accident. After that, it's a choice. Right, you know what you're doing. Yeah, and I, that always pisses yeah. me off. Oh, I, I was drunk. Well, well, that was a choice. You decided to get drunk. It was the first time you ever drank. Okay, free pass. Second time and you're drunk, your choice. Yeah. Right, right. Well, you knew what was going to happen. Yeah.
0: All my best stories start with, I was so drunk this one time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, well, yeah, good stories, but you know, this is, again, it's, 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 it's about personal responsibility, and yeah. that's, this isn't an, an episode on that, but it is about when it comes down to people using language to tell somebody else to do something. It really bothers me as tragic as some of these things are. It really bothers me that we're at the point where we're willing to hold people legally responsible for somebody else's actions because simple, somebody simply said something to them. You know so, what?
2: I, Let's file a class action suit against AOC is, because the, we've the class all been having Ryan extreme Daren anxieties over the end of the fucking world. I, right.
0: I, it's I going to end in twelve don't. years. I, I don't have. I, I have extreme anxiety over AOC getting any of her policies put into law, <laughs> but I don't have anxiety over the end of the world. hasn't oh, hasn't ended yet. She, she wouldn't
2: lie, and she knows a lot more than you do, Ryan. Come on,
0: she's a part time. Uh, no, no <laughs> she I was a part time. I absolutely <laughs> dispute that. Uh, I, I just wanted to call out. You, you said that the. It, you, you implied maybe that the the fraternity people at LSU should not be held responsible. And I, I want to take a little bit of, of uh, issue with that. I would,
1: I'm not saying that nobody should be. I I mean, I think that there should be rules and I think there should be right. You know, I think there should be codes of standards and I understand where the fraternity, if allowed to do this, because this was more than one guy. My problem is, One guy is on the hook for this when this was a fraternity thing with a bunch of people taking part. And if there are rules that the fraternity has that says, you know, there's no drinking or anything like that, and it happens, then, yes, you should be punished for that. I don't think holding somebody responsible for a death of somebody that drank themselves to death is right.
0: Well, I I and I'm I'm not going to talk about whether the the legal part is right. Uh I mean I probably will accidentally because I talk about everything, but I, I just at the at the national level and at most chapter levels, uh fraternities are not about trying to kill each other or about drinking each other to death. That's uh that's just partying and if your if your local fraternity is like that and you're you're trying to pledge them, you need to recognize that pretty damn quick and just run just go the other way because those are not good people uh fraternity is and and the the thing that has been about fraternity ever since fraternities were a thing in in, i guess they're only a u.s thing because we got people international even canadians in the chat room saying i don't know what a fraternity is well apparently it's an american thing but it's about brotherhood it's about having a you know belonging i mean originally it was about joining a secret society where you could cut loose and and be yourself and when the the establishment was being overbearing which i think we can all definitely relate to uh somehow uh some places looked at this and and of course these are people who are in their early 20s and and are barely out of their teens and don't always make good decisions but if if somebody is drinking too much you don't encourage that you stop them you get them to bed you put a bucket next to their bed and turn their head sideways so that if they puke at <laughs> that is brotherhood brotherhood right. is not forcing Agreed. someone to drink themselves dead i i'm sorry I, I maybe the cops shouldn't have been involved maybe you know maybe maybe the legal system shouldn't be involved maybe the courts shouldn't have come down and said you're responsible for this guy's death but you know what from the perspective of being a shitty brother. yeah Yeah. you you should have noticed somebody in that house if anyone there was a decent brother should have noticed this guy is not doing well somebody needs to you know if if necessary someone needs to stay sober we always always had a couple sober attendants at every one of our parties who would just sit there and watch the crowd and they'd probably hang out and drink orange juice or whatever And, and and if somebody was showing signs of being too far out of it Then, you know, first of all, somebody who's stupid drunk starts drooling all over the women, sends them away. We can't have that. But (laughs) so we would we would have attendants at every party who would go up and find the person who was a little too far and just like take them off. Sometimes all you needed was take them back to their room and talk to them for an hour because that would be long enough to have a drink, work their way through their system. They'd sober up a bit and then be ready to go back to the party but whatever it is that somebody needs that's what brotherhood is there for and if you got a fraternity that's doing nothing but trying to drink each other to death then i'm sorry you're hanging out with shitty people and you need to not do that you need to not be with those people that's true and, i have no disagreement with that i'm sorry i'm yeah. a little triggered by this because uh, it was it was one of the first things where i was a part of something that i really really liked and then i looked and the mainstream media were focusing in zeroing in on these tiny incidents well not tiny a big incidents but the incidents that would happen at one school somewhere in the country uh amongst millions of people and say look this is what fraternities are." Like. And, and of course you know this is also not long after animal house came out and everybody's like oh god fraternities <laughs> are no good for anything i'm like no fraternities well, taught me a lot i had believe it or not i had no social skills before i went to college because of course i was you know I, I didn't believe it. Uh,
1: you still have absolutely yeah, no well, uh, exactly. it's a crisis of course <laughs> but it's a crisis the and fraternity- it's the same thing it's like what there's there's one shooting in a mosque in new zealand and the country decides hey we need to take everybody's guns same thing here there's one situation that happens in a fraternity and the knee-jerk reaction is all of a sudden all fraternities are bad ban, we have ban, to stop ban, all ban, hazing ban. it's like
2: ban 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 right. ban ban Bam. ban
1: ban ban, ban. 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 It's, you got to ban everything.
2: It's a syndrome
0: everything. that I refer to as there ought to be a law syndrome. Every time an incident happens, there yeah. must be an equal and opposite bad legislation. That's right.
1: Right. But I, you know, I I fully agree with you on the fact that there should have been somebody paying attention to what was been going on. You know, I do believe that one of these people in the fraternity or anybody that was in the general area should have realized the kid was in trouble and gotten him to a hospital long before that they did. And there's no question about that, but, you know, to hang this on one person, as long as he didn't physically, you know, put, pick up the drinks and pour them down the guy's throat. I find that, hard to believe and the family again i really can appreciate what they're going through but there's a 25 million dollar lawsuit going against lsu because of this and it's like i if you can't again this is the society we're living in where you want somebody to blame and a lot of times there's just nobody to blame but everybody wants somebody to blame sure. and in that case that you brought up larry the teenage black widow uh, her name's michelle carter the mm-hmm. boy's name was conrad roy Mm-hmm. And this was a very interesting story because very. she was convicted. And uh, it's an interesting story in the fact, again, how the media portrays things. And this was the case to where the guy goes and gets in his truck and uh, kills himself with carbon monoxide in a Kmart parking lot. Don't know exactly how you picked that, but um, this is what happened. They, they look at the, the text messages for running free, from the exhaust
0: to the back window. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Sure. If but so. you know so it's 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 an absolute tragedy. They see the text messages that the girl was egging him on to do it at one point. You know, he gets out of the truck and says something and she tells him to get back in. And this <laughs> is all going on via text cuz I guess yeah. they don't even live close to each no. other. They only met in real life a handful of times. And I just don't understand how you hold you know there's two things here to really kind of discuss when it comes to the whole language aspect of it. And the first I guess is can you like with the fraternity thing what is the line on being able to hold somebody legally responsible for their language like i said go run in traffic ryan and if you do that how uh, you know what is the line here what can you hold people responsible for if anything when it comes to simply telling somebody to do something
0: I'm, i'm i'm the wrong person to ask about this because as a free speech maximalist i believe that all language should be allowed and people need to take responsibility for what they do with that language period. Yeah. Uh, the, the only thing that the only language I will look down on is, uh, intentionally wrong deceptive. I don't like lying and I don't like uh, fraud, but, but telling somebody, makes sense. you know, telling somebody to do something, it's still your decision whether or not to do it.
2: I know somebody who was, you know, permanently 86 from Twitter because he told someone to eat a cinder block. And that was considered a, t- a terror. I don't know what they call it, terrorist or vi- whatever the fuck it was. A violent how, threat. How much or,
0: ketchup do you need for that?
2: Yeah, eat a cinder block. And that was it. You know, Dorsey, the, the skinny jeans crowd over there decided that was, you know, no good. So, you know, what you're saying, this is what's really terrifying here is was when you, of course, project this over the larger you know, Mercator map of of, uh, of our culture and realize that what people are saying pretty much. Yeah, here's what I'd like to see: Is there a, has a study been done of is actual verbal face to face or even telephonic communication now been surpassed by digital? Because if that's the case, we are AOC is right, and it's not going to be the environment is we're going to kill each other within 12 years because I, of this.
0: I got a little bit triggered when I heard that sentence, but go on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, if you but, think about it, I mean, yeah. how many people are having fucking talking like we are anymore? Is the amount of communication that's done via social media and 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 text and in other words, digital has that now surpassed real conversation
1: i, I, I would I yes. would speculate yes, I have that- no doubt about that. But let me, I mean, that's one of the things I saw. There was a uh, I, I played the clip. There was a little four minute clip with my cousin and her husband that was talking about this case because this verdict just came down and they were asking them about, you know, uh, the last time they had spoken to their son. And my cousin went on about how, well, you know, he's a boy. So, of course, he doesn't you know, he doesn't use the phone. But we did Snapchat back and forth. And one, I mean, it, it broke my fucking heart hmm. that the, your kid doesn't call you. I call my mom every morning, nine o'clock Chicago time and have for years and years and years just to make sure everything's going. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, know, my dad had been going through a lot of stuff health wise over the last year or so things are finally starting getting to better there, but I call and check in with that. So that, you know, that kind of sent just a, a dagger through your heart when you hear, well, you know, he's a kid, you know, boys, but he doesn't do that. So, you know, we texted a little but you know, Snapchat was the main thing. It's like the fact that parents have to go learn how to use Snapchat to have a relationship with their kid who just goes off to college is mm-hmm. is a, a bigger sign I think you're absolutely right, Larry, in that this whole world, even people that you were living with for eighteen years, your parents, you still can't communicate on that human level on the phone or you know a video chat or something that it's texts and little you know computerized messages it's horrible it is.
0: I have no illusion that that we're unique in in having real conversations uh a frank conversations conversations where we're not you know with this right here I I don't feel like we're particularly holding back or trying to be politically correct about things uh, uh political correctness is abhorrent and needs to die but uh I, most people I think are probably not doing it online most people are not doing it on podcasts most people however People who are thinking people who still have brains in their heads are having similar conversations where they're talking about, oh, well, you know, this thing happened and it's terrible and, uh, you know, I can't believe that they're doing that. But those people are are not they're smart enough not to be having them where they're going to be deplatformed for it, I think, you know, you're not going to see on Twitter or Facebook people calling for the destruction of Twitter and Facebook, at least not very much, because (laughs) They'll get deplatformed. And I I think what's happening as a result and and what always happens as a result of censorship is that dissident speech is never going to be removed by censorship. It's going to be driven underground. So you have people who are being punished for saying what they think on Twitter, on uh, Facebook. on They are instead saying what they think on Gab. They are saying what they think on Mastodon. They are saying what they think on podcasts like this, or they're just saying what they think to the person next to them who might be their wife or spouse or brother or or sister. Uh, But what censorship is not doing is stopping them from thinking it. It's not really even stopping them from saying it. It's just making it so you can't see it anymore. And that's what censorship always does.
1: Well, well and it's a question of what words are being censored and what and it's one of these things to where again using the bullying thing and using the guise of hate speech it's like what does hate speech actually mean because i think it quickly turned from something like you know all faggots must die I, to I, I can't answer that You know, oh you, I, okay the, go ahead
0: The the people who the new authoritarian class they hate speech because that's that's what causes <laughs> people to share ideas and sharing ideas is what destroys authoritarians. And so mm. the people who want to control what you think, what you say, they hate speech. And so that's why they're using the term. I think.
2: That's well, I think it started as hate crimes, right. <laughs> and then hate crimes spawned yes. hate speech. What's next. There's gotta be something else coming. I thought, Hate thought, Hate thought, yeah, uh, yes,
0: yeah. that's going to happen. I was being a little bit flippant. I don't think that that's the actual genesis of it, but I honestly think that, you know, if, if you are in a position where you want to be the authority over a group of people who doesn't want an authority, then you have to shut down speech. And therefore uh, it, it makes sense that you hate speech just like, yeah, but in this, com- like if you're in law still, enforcement, you hate crime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I guess. But, uh, you know, still in this case of the teenage you know, the boy that killed himself mm-hmm. that committed suicide uh, in the article that I read on this, you know, sh- she was 16 and he was 17. So very much both, you know, kids. So I don't know for the children, why we're not worried about her. Um, <laughs> they had a texting relationship. <laughs> they laid out all their skeletons to each other. It said on at least two other occasions in the text that weren't released by the prosecutors, of course, because this is the other problem with speech today is that things are being edited out and other things are being taken out. Out, right, so you don't know what context they're in. This it said that the boy, on a couple of occasions, asked the girl to kill herself with him. You know, he said, Let's do a Romeo and Juliet. Mm. They had previously discussed killing himself a year and a half earlier, and that the girl had tried to encourage him to seek help. And this went on. This is the interesting thing in this case, and she stated because with it him? sounds well this was a text relationship. Again, they didn't live anywhere near each other. So I mean this I, I don't understand the boyfriend girlfriend thing, but let's who cares about that? Let's just say they were friends. Right. And they didn't live near each other. The, this from what I can gather from this case, for about a year and a half, the guy went on and on about wanting to kill himself and she said, "No, don't do that. Get help." And it came down to him finally uh, telling her, it says here, a few weeks before his death, uh, he wrote, I need to know that you're, uh, she wrote to him, I need to know that you are okay and you aren't going to do anything. And he responded with, I'm sorry, what I've been doing isn't enough. You know, I'm trying my absolute hardest. You don't understand. I want to die. And that was the tripping point. So for a year and a half, she's telling him, get help, don't do it, you know, don't kill yourself. So he says, "You don't understand. I want to die." That is the only point to where she start telling him, "Okay, well then do it." <laughs> so like it's a year and a half of yeah. "Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it" means nothing. The last couple of weeks where she just said, "Okay, then you know what? If that's what you really want, I'm going to support you. I'm your friend, Ryan. If that's really what you want to do, go eat a bullet." Yeah. And now she is being held responsible for his death. It's nuts that this kind of language can have that kind of real, real effects of somebody being thrown into the uh, slammer for it. You know, Darren,
2: had she not delivered those texts, they probably still would have gone after her. If she just said, you know what? I'm out of here. Fuck you. Don't ever text me again. Somebody still probably uh, would have gone after saying, well, well, you should have been a good Samaritan. Why don't you dial 911 and say this kid in Topeka, wherever the fuck he is, is going to off himself, you know? And
0: and a compassionate person would absolutely have, have uh, done something to try to get help obviously this is a person in in need but you you can't be held responsible for not having compassion because who's the one who decides what level of compassion you should have you can be held responsible for your own actions and to that end uh honestly the the part where she fucked up was not getting the fuck out of dodge like okay you're you're toxic right. i'm yeah. Yeah, i'm sorry i mean toxic in in the the pre before it meant white but <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yes and that it does now because you can only be racist if you're white but yeah i agree this is something although you're putting this on a teenage girl which i thought we're all supposed to do things for the children that's right the you know the fact that you're not well, holding I'm, I'm supposed to do things for my children responsible. i'm, not, I'm and- not
0: responsible for someone else's children God, well, no. No, it's it's
1: a thing to where parents don't want to be parents anymore. Want, the vast majority they want to be buddies with their kids. You want me to they be responsible they they for else like else's
0: children. You want me to be responsible for someone else's children? Fine, let me discipline no, not you them.
1: personally. <laughs> if if I'm not that sounds a lot like hazing.
0: If if, if, if I'm yeah, if I'm not allowed to build Make a character drink. with somebody else's children, <laughs> I've 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 had that conversation with people uh, like other people. And they're like, well, you know you you don't seem to interact very much with, with my kids. You do you not like them? I'm like, well, no, but I can't beat them because you'll get mad at me. And so <laughs> I, I don't want to be, try to be their parent. Have people done that? Does that, that? make me a terrible person? A,
2: right. Have people criticized you because you didn't interact with their kids? Is that true? Really? No. No. Oh, okay.
0: No, but I do make, I, no, I, I have, I, I have actually, uh, I, I've been encouraged sometimes as like, uh, you know, you will you know hang out at the party and I'm I just don't interact with I, I've never been very good at interacting with other people's kids. And part of that is that you're you're never quite sure. You know, if if an adult comes up to me and uh you know sprays me with a squirt gun or just says I've, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give them exactly what the appropriate response is. And I have <laughs> <laughs> I have a tendency to, by default, I will treat a Uh, a teenager in the case of what's in my mind Mm -hmm. i will treat a teenager like an adult most teenagers want to be treated like an adult and if you treat somebody like an adult and their parents come down on you like don't yell at him because he's just a kid i'm like well he wasn't acting like a kid he was provoking someone yeah and i i do believe that people a I I, I'm not a parent and uh, you can decide that I'm a terrible person because of that. And I'm okay with that. Uh, But people need adults, especially, but all people need to be held accountable for their actions. They need to be taught at an early age that actions have consequences. They need to not be shielded from those consequences. And I believe that a lot of the problems that we're in now is that an entire generation of people has been raised to not to believe that their actions don't have consequences because they've always been shielded from the results and those people are now growing up they are they don't they don't understand risk they don't understand consequences and now they're voting
2: yeah well they've morphed from it was helicopter parents 10 years ago and now it's snowplow parents right felicity huffman and, and those people right that's what the, that's the new tagline for them and it's pretty accurate
1: well yeah and that's you know part of the problem again you're not preparing <clears throat> excuse me you're not preparing the kids for the reality of the world and that's probably the worst thing you can do but this goes back to like you said uh Ryan, when it was a time you got out of school right before everybody got a trophy and i remember that for me that the moment for that was. Let's see, my nephew is, I believe, 24, 25 years old. It was when he graduated from junior high. So that would be what, like 14 years old. So about 10, 11 years ago, he would have been the valedictorian of his junior high and gotten up to give a little speech. But that was the year they decided Having a valedictorian really wasn't inclusive for the yeah. rest of the children because it would only remind them that they weren't the best student. Right.
0: I can think of no idea more socialist than that. Sure. The 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 very idea of we we cannot elevate anybody because the the people who are not elevated might feel bad. It means that you're it, I, at the risk of invoking a slippery slope fallacy it drives you straight down into a harrison bergeron world are you familiar with that story no i've 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 talked about it on the show before but uh oh, wait a
2: minute i do recall that name who was? to uh, tighten me well, up on that quickly it,
0: it is it is a short story by kurt vonnegut uh, oh, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. which depicts a world in which everybody is forced by the government to be equal no matter what and Mm -hmm. it describes some of the measures that are required for example particularly strong people are required at all times to carry around heavy weights so that they're not more able than weak people uh tall people are required to walk around hunched over because Mm -hmm. that way they can't reach uh things that the short people can't uh smart people are required to wear headphones that every few seconds plays loud, distracting sounds into their brain. So they can't think harder than dumb people. That, that is the world that, that is described. And it is satire. And Kurt Vonnegut was a master of satire. is very he good at it. But the, the lesson in the story is uh, if you, you know, here is the really fucked up shit that can happen when you try to force everybody to have equality of outcome. And mm-hmm. And erasing valedictorians and giving everybody a trophy is a a microcosm of forcing equality of outcome and uh, stomping people down who do well in the name of trying to build the self-esteem of people who didn't do as well. You
1: just need because everybody has to be equal. You can't. You can't. Like you said about the uh, Kamala Harris thing. Oh, that hurt my feelings. Hurtful. It's
2: You hurt me, Joe. You brute. You hair plug brute. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was genius when it comes to political theater because you know biden was like oh okay yeah i'm not a racist everything's good and then it's like oh wait what you're saying kind of sounds like you're a racist yeah, well, watching you know? his
2: face watching his face was classic Because <laughs> first he turns towards her and he's beaming he's like oh baby i love you you're gonna, you're gonna pump me up right now and then she starts you know belly slitting him you know with a razor and you can see the the face just fall it it's hysterical it's very funny shit to watch very funny
1: yeah well it's it's a scary thing when you see how these these people are going about their uh the political lives it was uh the of course the completely rational Alyssa milano who Always. before the first democratic debates you know was tweeting something about oh I'm, I'm this is my pledge i will not say anything negative about any of these democratic candidates because that can then come back and be hurtful you know god forbid if the one you were saying Hateful things or bad things about ends up getting the nomination. To me, that just shows how disingenuous you really are when it comes down to stuff like that. Well, everybody knows Alyssa's—you know, she's a kingmaker. What
2: she says goes. So, (laughs) watch yourself.
0: I find Biden to be a definitely an odd choice for the party of intersectionality. (sighs) It's—it's funny. He comes in. He's—he's not a a black female lesbian. Uh, He is a straight white man and how can the party of intersectionality and the party of SJWs even contemplate trying to push him up. And, and I think that the only reason why the only way that they're able to even stomach the idea of putting forth yet another old white straight man is they say, well, uh, you know, yeah, he's, uh, a, a, a sex offender, but Trump grabbed the pussy. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, been in Congress for a long time, but, uh, you know, Trump is, is president. Uh, yeah, he's, he's white, but he's not as white as Trump and everywhere, everywhere. Biden is on all of the, the points that the SJWs bring to the Democrat party. Biden is about the worst possible candidate, but the only way that I think they're going to be able to stomach voting for him is, is of convenience and say, well, uh, yeah, he's terrible, but he's not as bad as Trump.
1: Yeah. Well, Yeah, but they're going to even start eating their own with the racist uh, label and shit. I mean, we've heard this about Trump, obviously, from the left, but it's really interesting now when you see that the little squad, you know, AOC and her little three other cronies there mm-hmm. that are going after Nancy Pelosi, because obviously she must be a racist. That's why she is uh, marginalizing them. Yes. It's it's just so it's so obvious what's going on, but with the news media that is complicit, the story is just oh well they said Nancy Pelosi is racist. Where are the journalists that will actually stand up and go? But that's absolutely insane and tell people why that why doesn't that hey, happen
0: anymore? Journalists, you're you're so Please. quaint. You think there are still journalists <laughs> in this country? <laughs> They're no, journalists. they not just talking yeah, heads. Actually, you know where the the journalists are? They have podcasts now. that is well that citizen
1: journalist that is what matt drudge really started with the drudge report way back when and this was, I believe, what the left was most afraid of. And, but they've been doing a very good job. I mean, they took over the mainstream media. And how are they taking care of the assholes like us who dare say things they don't like? You're now being deplatformed. You're now being hit with racist. Yeah. You're now being hit with hate speech. You're now being hit with pedo. You're now being hit with anything they can with absolutely nothing around to back it up i mean this Sticks latest thing with can trump,
0: my bones but words can never hurt me call me whatever you want right
1: but this latest thing you know with trump saying well, okay if you really you know you don't like it here then go back to where you came from and fix those countries and that <laughs> but, was deemed racist they, and it's like there's no it's like this comes down to again what people don't understand is you can't be racist against a in, an individual you have to be racist against everybody like them. So if I, you know, have, I'm having a debate with somebody from Mexico and they're telling me how shitty the United States is and I say, "Hey, you know what? Then go back to Mexico." That's not racist. I, I, That's having a debate and saying, "Well, this is a decision you can make." It's like you know, just like people say, hey, if you don't like Barack Obama, you must be a racist. I'm like, well, yeah, but, you know, I have a lot of black people. I really like, you know, Frank Thomas, one of my favorite baseball players ever. Michael Jordan, you know, uh, Ben Carson. I think he's a really great guy. There's a lot of black people that are my friends that are black. And I don't understand how this is. I don't like dislike one person and it's being a uh, label that's being hung on you. But that's part of how this you know, the language is being weaponized in a way that is how do you how do you work your way out of something like that like i said earlier it takes a lot more to convince somebody you're not a racist for sure. somebody to yeah. make an accusation against somebody they just go racist yes. and it's going to take you a hell of a lot longer <laughs> the, the, to disprove the, it the right? greatest
0: gift that the media ever gave to actual racists the people who actually hate people because of the color of their skin the greatest gift that the media ever gave to them was to remove all meaning from the word racist so now they can just be among us and, and we don't have any effective way to call them out. Because if you say racist, like, yeah, I'm white, whatever.
2: But I think that that That's, works for you, Ryan, as a guy who is, you know, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, it sounds like you're on pretty, the
0: left uh, coast, on
2: the left coast. You're a private guy. Okay. Right. But, and it, sticks and stones. Yeah. That, that, that functions for you. But as, as actually as, as Darren pointed on one of his sh- few shows back, and it's, and he's proven to be correct. I think he was talking about Spacey, right? And his whole thing is being branded a pedo, whatever it is. And then it came out that, that his, his victim, whatever was, was of age, 18 years old, and was flirting with him. And he was, was he just recently exonerated of some of these charges, whatever, if you fucking think yeah, everything's Kevin, been dropped, if you think Kevin Spacey will ever, ever live down or shed the label of pedo, you're wrong. He is Fucked forever, and when these douchebags slap those labels on people, pedo, uh, racist, whatever, you know, it, t- it takes somebody with the kinetic energy and 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 hugeness of a Trump to throw off those charges. Anybody of, of a lesser stature is branded forever.
1: Yeah, and I think that's even the case, even though he obviously seems to be a complete scumbag. The uh, reading articles about Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, the everything I've found a bunch of articles on Epstein that all say the same thing. He's a convicted pedophile, and I see nothing that shows that at all. I see nothing at all that shows he's a pedophile. He likes younger girls. And there's a big again, this is where words mean things. And a pedophile, that would have to be girls under 13. There's been nothing about girls under 13, 15, 16. Sure. Is he creepy? Sure. Has he maybe done things that are completely illegal in trafficking and all that? Sure. But this just like the racist thing by calling somebody that, you know, does something with a 16 or 17 year old girl, a pedophile, which is what they did to Roy Moore. And you saw what happened to his political career. You are really (laughs) Helping the assholes who are actually pedophiles, yeah, and it's nuts. But this is what the, this is again. This is words being used in a way, and it's of uh, most of the time now going after political people because I'm still going out on the limb and saying that the timing of the Jeffrey Epstein thing is in order. And who one of those one of these Democrats when this started said, well, you know what, we need to really look into this, even if it brings down some of our favorites i really have a strong feeling that uh slick Willie, bill clinton is going to be caught up in this and it's going to be the springboard for hillary to you think you think camilla harris can pull the i'm a victim and i'm hurt because joe biden said something wait for hillary to play the ultimate victim if bill gets caught up in the jeffrey epstein pedo thing i, I think
0: bill only has one card left to play and that is that he needs to die because when he does <laughs> what well, once well no but follow me on this I, I, it's not nice but i think that that's the only really effective card he has left to play is that when bill dies no matter how it happens that's the point where hillary suddenly rides in on a huge wave of sympathy so i think if if you if you follow, if, if you subscribe to cl- conspiracy theories about Hillary Clinton, uh, the, the right time for Bill to die is about five months before the election. And then she yeah. will ride into the presidency on a wave of sympathy. And I think that that's, that's the only thing that Bill can contribute to. her. He's not useful to her anymore other than that. And you know it's her turn.
2: Well, you know, you're right. Right. I well, she thought so. I, people are always asking, you know, who, what did you think? I think, I think that all of these, all of these early front runners are going to just evaporate. And I think there's somebody like Hill or, or, or the, the Schultz guy from Starbucks. There's probably, there's a, there's a group of four or five just sitting back watching the dogs devour each other. And, you know, late in the game, someone will come riding in on their steed and say, I'll, I'll do this. I'll slay that dragon, you know, and it might be her.
0: And and she did such a great job against Trump in twenty sixteen.
1: <laughs> well, she won the
0: popular vote. Yeah, that's I've true. heard that.
1: I heard that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't That's why I I'm love not, doing the episode I, on the Electoral College. I'm, no. I'm
0: not actually sure it's true, but I have heard that. I've heard that. She she won But I'm telling you. She won the popular vote amongst illegal immigrants from California. That much is true.
1: Yeah, well just watch that. It's gonna be the ultimate boost for her if Bill gets caught up in the Epstein thing. And why else is it happening? right now. I mean I know the left would love to put Trump with him but mm-hmm. the everything points to there's there's nothing there. Uh Trump was on the guy's plane a handful of times and it sounded like those times he was just uh, hopping a ride between cities not going to the infamous island where uh, there seems to be a lot of proof that Bill took a lot of rides and Bill went down to the island and also ditched his uh, secret service detail which to me is the loudest pit of information I, that's not really being talked about in the mainstream at this I can't point, blame which is him why? For,
0: I can't blame him for wanting free rides and wanting to live the good life. I'm just saying,
1: no, neither can I. But why do you leave? Why do you ditch your uh, secret service detail to, to do this?
0: Because yeah. they're spying on him for Hillary.
1: I don't think for Hillary, but yeah, maybe I guess it all depends. Like John C. Dvorak termed the uh, the name HAG, H-A-G, the Hillary assassination group. Uh, there's a lot of bodies there. So either. Yeah, I think uh, maybe those are Bill's choices. Maybe that's what he's mulling right now. He either gets to get caught up in the Epstein pedo scandal or he gets to I mean, have a heart attack.
0: I mean, going, yeah, going by what I said earlier. I mean, if I were in Bill Clinton's shoes, I'd be like, I got to get away from this bitch because she's going to kill me for the sympathy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's been going on for a long time well it's interesting isn't it that the supposed girlfriend of hillary uma had uh, her hubby Weiner in in all of this the same kind of a scandal which uh, you know again uh, they were calling him a pedo but it's like again 15 year old girl not a pedo creep yes but words mean things and uh, i think there's Either that or people are just in the media are so stupid that they don't even know the definitions of the words that they're, they're using anymore. And that may be completely possible, too. And People may think that, you know, if you have sex with a girl that is 17 years old in 364 days, that you're a pedo. I mean, maybe that's just the mentality. I don't know. I don't understand it. I guess I am way too literal when it comes to the meaning of words. How can you speak so harshly about Carlos Danger, Darren?
2: <laughs> i was like, that, I mean, that was a hell of me. a screen name What's right carlos danger
1: that fucking geek is so funny it would be a good <laughs> podcasting name though it wouldn't be? it <laughs> i am carlos danger <laughs> he'll probably have one, one do it completely watch Uh, I'm sure he'll probably make a ton of money out of it like Biden. I mean, Biden, when he got out of the, you know, the white house, when he was the vice president, uh, when that term ended, he's made millions since then, but there, I'd love that they come down with this whole socialist route and everything's free for you. I'm just one of you, man. Well,
2: the king of that that was of course uh, Gore, you know, I read that when he left uh, politics, his net worth was 850 grand. He's now worth north of 300 million. How does a guy that's essentially unemployed do
1: that?
0: Uh, you own up. the cap and trade clearinghouse? Yeah. Global warming! Yeah.
1: 300 mil. Wow. Yeah, what a, wow. Yeah. I, that's, uh, and you, you say politics doesn't pay, and they, uh, mm. I would have what, a, uh, what, I would, I would, I would, I would all come to the is, other side of that with, and pay well. When
0: insider trading is explicitly not illegal if you're in Congress, yes, yes, politics does pay. Yeah,
1: it pays very well. If you have a little money to start with, you could turn that into more money than Bitcoin.
2: And so does education As- these days. I wonder, I wonder, Ryan, if, if you know, those thoughts you were thinking about the multiples of earnings of professors when you were getting out of college would still apply today because some of these guys are knocking down elephant bucks that are running universities or, even, or mostly in the administrative capacities. Oh, sure. Run, I mean, it's, running a university a makes money.
0: lots of money. Because running, being in the administration means you're close to the corruption and you can bring down a lot of money. Right. Uh, Most of the professors are not high enough up in the university to to really be corrupt. Uh, I mean, you know, if they're tenured, then. Well,
1: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're pulling down in colleges, but recently I did because I had a buddy of mine who had no clue what what, high school teachers made. I know that
0: tuition has outstripped inflation by about 5x for the last 25 years straight, so there's got to be that money going somewhere. Yep.
1: Well, I, you know, in the, on the high school level, I did a little research on this a couple of year, year and a half, two years ago, back when we were doing a podcast on the salaries of the teachers in the area here. And some of them on the high school level were absolutely insane. There was a librarian at one of the schools. I mean, granted, I think she had been there for like 39 years, so just about ready to retire. But there was a librarian that was making like 175000 a year. Oh, listen.
0: and if it's if it's a good librarian that's not a completely yeah. unreasonable amount of, i yeah. i'm sorry but I, there there are teachers people who are teaching our kids who are being given like 22,000 a year in in my state where uh, the the poverty line is about 40,000 i I'm not going to complain, frontline teachers, because again, most of them being human, ninety-five percent of them genuinely want to help the kids. Most of them being human, are you? Are you think there's aliens among <laughs> us or what? Well, I have seen Men in Black.
2: <laughs> By the way, are I, we it, storming Area Fifty-One with the rest? I know I've signed on. On I, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> where where do I? <laughs> don't don't you need to go through the TSA checkpoint for that? no 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 didn't
2: nick the rat say he was in i'm in I, somebody and somebody I, ducted me into that group i'm in i'm all in I, i'll
0: i'll stand right behind <laughs> buford
1: <laughs> i'm sure the government will be uh, i'm sure the government will be ready for that there's uh no question about it uh but you know the craziness going on in in california did, did you see this was a story just from uh this past week uh actually this week berkeley the city i mean this, yeah. <laughs> they're the they're the bastion of of common sense i suppose yes uh, they voted tuesday night to replace all gendered terms in its municipal coal in its municipal codes like manhole and manpower yes. will now be replaced with maintenance hole and human effort You know, i have, a, I have a thought
0: about <laughs> uh, about stories like this uh and you know we make fun of them because of course they're ridiculous and they deserve being made fun of because the that's fucking stupid but they don't but,
1: know they're ridiculous well, I, that's, that's fine, the point that's that's they're what changing the world no, that's, man that's
0: what we're all here for is we can all point and laugh at them and it right. i mean they won't care but uh, it, uh, we make fun of them but the i think that that renaming manholes and uh you know especially uh maintenance uh, holes at at the like at the congressional level when you have uh two full years of congress uh Coming to a resolution about censuring the president. That, as far as I'm concerned, is the best possible outcome of government activity. And the reason is that as long as you're virtue signaling useless things that have zero impact in the real life, you're not passing bad laws. It's the the worst (laughs) possible thing is when all uh, both houses of Congress and the president are all in the same party on the same page. Because you get shit like Obamacare, you get shit like uh, the Patriot Act, you get shit where Mm. where the everybody in government decides that they want to get things done and they do it with the conviction of of knowing that they're right and they don't have to fight and they all agree on it and they get their agenda pushed. And that's when we get really, really shitty laws that fuck up our country even farther. When everybody in government is passing virtue signaling legislation that has no effect whatsoever, or when they're fighting each other, that's the best possible outcome because it means that we don't have laws getting passed.
1: But this is an episode on language, so I brought that up unless you just feel that this was, uh, you know, this is the proper thing for the cities to be doing. Uh, The city councilman from Berkeley, Rigel Robinson, said, there's power in language. Mm. This is a small move, but it matters. Okay, it matters. First of all,
0: stop deluding yourself into thinking we've been talking about language for the last hour and a half. <laughs>
1: well, it's a, it's a very basic uh, topic. I know sometimes yeah. the rails kind of move off, and that's that's the beauty of Grumpy Old Ben's. There's a topic, and then we kind of fly around for a while. I like it. We, and eventually land on a few things.
2: we yeah, we phased in and out of language. Yeah. Well, Berkeley's because Berkeley. Because it's a part of all of this stuff. It matters, because it matters. you well, yeah, know, Berkeley's we drive down that street, you know what you talk about—a fucking, you know, a slab of uh, pig iron in the asphalt. It really, because you wouldn't want to offend its feelings, hurt it, right? Be calling it the wrong thing. Uh, I might. Right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, when you're going to be thrown in jail for misgendering somebody, I mean, I guess the best thing is just never say anything that's, to anyone ever again. Now you're that's, talking.
0: That's what. That's why I use this podcast. I'm not saying anything to anyone. I'm just <laughs> ranting into the ether where it's going to be disappear and i know that nobody listens to our podcast so uh at least I'm safe there
2: I love your podcast there are listeners there are many listeners there, in are, our there are listeners and you guys get better with everyone it's really it's 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 always riveting you guys really put together a terrific show and I'm very grateful to be here and be invited to be a part of it Really. It's good stuff. Always. Well, we
1: appreciate that. It all depends how much time I have to edit Ryan out of the mix. The <laughs> less Ryan we can have in the show. Usually it's, uh, usually it's better that way, <laughs> much more concise. And uh, well, the one time I, what was, uh, we couldn't figure out how to get your, we we're having a problem getting his side of the conversation onto the no agenda stream. And they were only able to hear me. And he's like, well, that would just be a better show anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, just, I talk long silences while I would have heard him, but I disagree. Ryan's done a, a great job and he's become an absolute professional in the last what four to six weeks of using the cough button because he's been going through a hell of a time trying to to get rid of a cough and coughing and podcasting just don't mix True. so he he's gotten really good at the at the cough button right
0: i it, <coughs> what i'm sorry <laughs> it's too wet you exactly lit. you
1: gotta get out of the northwest it
0: is it is so humid out the it, it yeah. In fact right now it is sunny and cloudy and really humid at the same time. It's, there you go. It's standard northwest weather. Uh the the only concern I have I I appreciate the kind words and I appreciate being called a professional. The uh the only thing is I thought professionals got paid and uh <laughs> how, how is it I can make money at this again cuz i'm always confused it's
1: the it's the value for value model and that's been working fairly well we do have an executive producer on the show that we'll be talking about in a few minutes oh, cool. um, but that's that's the way it works but i, I do say uh, and also thanks for the kind words larry i told my wife because she's at work but every now and then she can listen in on the stream so i said hey we're doing a live grumpy old Benz tomorrow morning at 11 and the answer i got from her was "Huh?" And i'm like come on your favorite podcaster is going to be on the show and she's like Oh, Larry. I'm like, see, I know exactly. She doesn't want to listen to me, but if, if Larry's on, then it's a, it's a better show. We were listening to your show the other day in the car. And the, you know, the whole intro comes in with the, Oh, you know, Larry, get to the bed now that whole, that whole bit. And she's just like, well, his show just starts so much more professionally than yours. I'm like, really? Thanks. Thanks a lot.
0: Well, if, if your wife is anything like mine, uh, my wife doesn't listen to grumpy old Ben's either. And, uh, she, uh, she's she doesn't need to because uh, she can't turn it off.
1: Right, that's true. She gets a twenty four seven live stream, as we say that's the beauty of the no agenda stream. We have a bunch of different good shows and uh, and people get a bunch of different viewpoints and stuff like that. But, you know, I do want to talk about this thing because uh, with the Facebook Mm. and the Bible verse, because I know we, again, this is not really in the free speech thing. This is again, the hate speech thing. And as far as getting deplatformed and what people are having censored, it's getting to a point, Larry. And we talked about this in the, uh, in the free speech thing. What do you do? When the government protects free speech, but a majority of free speech is now going on through things owned by private companies like Facebook and Twitter. How do you even handle the free speech issue when the left, it seems, has their claws in this case? And I don't really care which side it is, but there's one side of a political spectrum now that is the, the rallying cry that these companies are using how do you handle and how do you even look at free speech when these uh companies like twitter and facebook are the ones that are really the gatekeepers not the government
0: right you get the fuck off the platform yeah (laughs) but the, the the reason it's such a a problem when the government decides to come down and and decide on this is that we can't opt out of the government. And, and I know it's hard. And I know that you Darren are extremely addicted to your, your Twitter fix, but get off the platform. We, it's one of the few things. I don't
1: argue on Twitter anymore. It's one of the few
0: things we still have control of is you don't have to use Facebook. You don't have to use Twitter. You can move away from Google a lot, (laughs) You're right. It's a little harder but if you're I using
1: think, an Android phone.
0: I
2: think you don't have to use them, Ryan, if for just you know basic communication or entertainment or fucking around. Yeah, there are alternatives, several. But I think if you are trying to market a product, you're, you're dead without them. How the fuck is anybody going to get any podcast, traction, uh, automobile, you name it? I mean, they have become Goliaths. In the advertising realm, you know, they're completely supplanting network, television, radio, all of them. How, how the fuck are you going to move the needle and make the till ring if you're not on those platforms? I, I wish I would love to be off. Them. I would love to, but I, but I don't see a viable alternative. Well, if Because it's that's where the
1: people are. If uh, I mean when, th- when that is where the average person is, what how do you get th- I love using Mastodon instead of Twitter because you can have much better conversations because the people that are on the Mastodon instance that I'm on are no agenda listeners, so there's a very there's a commonality there and you don't have the bullshit that you find on Twitter. But when a majority of the people are on these services, how do you deal with that? Because that is the public sphere at this point.
0: Uh well if at the risk of of departing reality entirely and and going off and basking in my own utopia, you convince enough people to get off the platform that they lose that power. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I there's a there's a gulf between here and there that I don't have a good answer for. You know,
1: you know. I think it may be coming along when you see more and more things getting tagged on Facebook as hate speech. Uh, there's another. Podcast that I listen to, which is uh, called Tell Him Steve Dave, which is a bunch of Kevin Smith's uh, buddies, uh, including the one guy, Brian Quinn, who's on Impractical Jokers for people that watch that show. They have a group on uh, the fans, have a group on Facebook. And lately, a bunch of posts have been getting uh, hammered. People have been getting warnings because of the you know the hateful language and the bad things being posted where you know it's a lot of jokes there's a running joke on like hitler stuff through the um, through the podcast and it's all if you listen to the podcast you understand that this is not you know pro hitler this is not glorifying nazis this is all just um, you know satire and, and comedy mm-hmm. but facebook doesn't seem to be able to put Anything into context. So I think more people will start jumping off and looking because that was the conversation that's been going on in this group over the last couple of days is, you know, where are the alternatives? Where can we have these conversations without being uh, targeted, without being banned, without being, you know, thrown off yeah. and deplatformed? So I think that's a good thing. I think the more these companies like Facebook do that, the better I think it is. And I kind of understand where they might get confused with the Hitler type posts and stuff like that. But what I don't understand is when somebody posts a Bible verse and it's uh, decided that this is hate speech. And this is the, this is the quote that was uh, tagged: Let us never assume that if we live good lives, we will be without sin. Our lives should, should be praised only when we continue to beg for pardon. But men are hopeless creatures, and the less they concentrate on their own sins, the more interested they become in the sins of others. They seek to criticize, not to correct. Unable to excuse themselves, they are ready to accuse others. That was tagged as hate speech, especially the little bit that "men are hopeless creatures" was deemed by Facebook, not just by an algorithm, but an actual one of their real life employees, Mm -hmm. a living, breathing person, allegedly uh, confirmed that that was hate speech. Yeah, what the hell is going on there? Yeah, well, it's the the, the,
2: first of all the level of the intellect of the person that banned that was either an Abject imbecile, or uh, a, a razor-toothed, you know, pro-censorship asshole. Probably very anti, anti-Bible, anti, you know, anti-God. And that's and so it's it's always the uh, there's always a hidden agenda there. Of I don't like what you're saying, so I'm going to call it hateful, whatever it is. Right. I I did a thing uh, um, a show about the Parkland uh, shooting in Florida, and. I did a, as, as I sometimes do with my shows, I do sort of an excerpt and post it on YouTube, right? And the name of the, of the episode was the Why the Parkland uh, Massacre Was Not a Tragedy, okay? Point being that all these talking head fucking morons referred to it as a tragedy. It's, it was not. It was an atrocity. A tragedy is an accident. Tragedy is a hurricane, an epidemic, an earthquake. Th- those are tragedies. Uh, Hitler was an atrocity. And what happened on there was an atrocity. But that, that, that video got, I think, 26 views. And I got a, I got a ping from YouTube saying, uh, we've demonetized what you've done. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, whatever the fuck their bullshit reason was. And of course, I, w- I was rip shit angry. And I started surfing around to say, because w- I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube. And one of the first things I see is a video of a guy blowing a fucking horse's head off. But that's there. That's okay. But one word, some asshole, or maybe their asshole algorithm didn't like, you're demonetized.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the world you're living in at this point. And again, this is, again, the not understanding maybe what the word means. Because all they see is, well, the Parkland shooting wasn't a tragedy. And they're like, oh, well, this guy's just an asshole. Yeah. It's like, they don't understand. It's like, I'm teaching you the difference between tragedy and adver- uh, an atrocity. Yeah. But that is beyond their comprehension, I guess, which I don't know. It could be a language barrier. I bet a lot of these people that are making these decisions, once the algorithm pops it, I bet you they're in somewhere in India and maybe English isn't their first language and and things can get very interesting even with a minor language barrier, which we found with our buddy Mark Van Dyck, who does the Mark and George show on the no Agenda Network, and he's in the Netherlands and English is his second language, although he speaks English better than Sir Bemrose or I does. <laughs> but there are times where things will say jokes or things that are made. you know the difference in language and the difference in culture sure. between where we are in the United States and the Netherlands falls flat, so I can only imagine there's a lot of that going on if you have somebody from a different culture. Maybe English isn't their first language. I'm trying to decide if what you put in this video was hate speech or not. And there's a big difference between what you put there than, say, you know, Alex Jones saying that, uh, you know, Co- Columbine didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Yeah.
0: I, I find it interesting that uh, the, the language actually in Silicon Valley became less efficient when uh, they started using the word demonetize, because I think that what they're doing Uh, we used to just call demonize. They Mm -hmm. are they are using their power to uh decide that somebody is bad and and shun them and remove them from society for it. And back in the day we used to call that demonizing someone. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's it's only two letters off. Sure. The latest example of that is on Twitter. Dorsey is now saying um, certain things that we don't like the sound of, we're going to deprioritize. How's that for a bullshit euphemism for censorship?
0: So, so they're De- adding even more letters.
1: <laughs> yeah, deprioritize. Good. So, and well, it's like the shadow ban, it's the uh, the concept that uh, I think what they need is some you think you're posting, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, but that's this is where all this social stuff and uh, gets very tricky because you don't always know you're being silenced just less people are hearing you right. and there's no way for you to know if that's happening or not it's interesting to me being that all this stuff again is around you know facebook and instagram and stuff like that that i saw that they are testing out in australia now for the instagrammers i don't know i guess they must go by um, you know ip address or something but they were taking the like count off of the instagram post so people can no longer see that a million people liked right. Your post because they think that's an important thing to uh, to worry about. I don't well, it's necessarily get that, but oh, well, what you? it's going to hurt feelings, just like a valedictorian. Victorian. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: right? I I don't know. Well, I actually have a a possible alternate explanation for this that might be okay, uh, and it has to do with the. It totally this might be a separate topic, but uh, one of the reasons you know. Let me back up. You you have you observed a a marked increase in uh, school shootings in your neighborhood? No, I haven't either because no. there haven't been any. Uh, but uh, everybody is absolutely convinced that school shootings are significantly on the rise. Uh, why why is that? Because the media lies. Well, because they don't have to lie. Uh, because in three hundred and fifty million people. Uh, one person takes a gun and shoots up a school and suddenly it's six weeks worth of news. Uh, And the problem is that uh, because they've given it six weeks worth of news, the, there are maladjusted people out there who demand attention because, you know, you, you have somebody who is unstable and attention seeking and they're like, Oh God, I can get six weeks worth of media coverage on all the channels just yeah. by going and shooting a hole in a wall in a school and they do that. And uh, so the, the number of shootings probably has been increasing. I know there are stats for it, but stats are manipulated. Uh, but your, your result is that uh, over coverage in the media is causing incidents to increase and and I certainly haven't seen any in my neighborhood. And a big part of that is that the overall rate is still disturbingly low. Well, it's not disturbing, it's just really low. Uh, right. And when you look at stats, did you see
1: that somebody just went and killed a bunch of people at an anime uh, studio in Japan, yes. I think it was, by like burning the place down? <clears throat> and you know how many dead? 33. That's, that's always so, so anyway if you listen to the no agenda show 33 that's a, that'll be a story I, to watch I,
0: I mean on the on the one hand we can we can certainly demonetize I mean, demonize uh these social networks for removing things like the the vote counts on on a video but at the same time i i'm kind of okay with reducing the amount of free attention that people can get for posting things uh because you you don't need national attention for everything that you do. I know that, that Facebook and, and Twitter and, and YouTube have shown everybody that if, if you don't have a video that goes viral and gets 25 million views, then obviously you have no self-worth. But the mm-hmm. only people you really need to prove yourself are the people around you. And if we stop giving positive reinforcement to everybody who puts out a video that goes viral, maybe fewer people will devote their lives to trying to make a viral video. I don't know.
1: Well, the real question is: Are we? Is has this gone too far already to get control of this language thing with people being deemed racists and just things being thrown around and people deciding that Bible verses are hate speech and people Mm -hmm. must be punished? Of course, for all of these things. I mean, is is, what can be done even at this point to that's to corral this and get back to people can any you know how do we get back to free speech as free speech that's a great question i think somebody
2: somebody has to come up with the ultimate all-purpose bulletproof snappy comeback to these to these accusations that just shuts them down i don't know what that is or if it could be you know concocted well, m-
0: m- maybe antifa has the right idea if somebody what, says something like you know, just yeah hit them with hit them with a bike lock or pour, pour acid on them that, I mean, seems to get their point across and everybody thinks that they're perfectly reasonable, well-adjusted people, don't they?
1: Yeah. It's because- yeah well, I do think this all goes back to this, just, a, just a quick plug. Go back and, and listen to random thoughts, whatever number it was on bias, where I talked yes. about the fact of how easy it was to convince people emotionally rather than with facts and figures, because yes. that is what this this language is doing, isn't it? Yes. I
2: made my kids listen to that episode, by the way it was that was, was great oh, I'm sorry for God, that no, they,
1: and they love it and their, a terrible eyes were, person, round.
2: Oh. their eyes got very round oh. listening to that it was a great
0: episode their, their
1: eyes um, got it's like it's, it's interesting when you look you know when you realize that and then you look at how politics is being waged in our country there's no doubt that this is what is being used on both sides i mean there's no doubt about it that when trump goes out there he doesn't need facts or figures he wants to get people cheering sure and uh and you know it's you know, Putting their fists in the air and yelling "USA," that's the way that's being done. But emotion is really what the problem is with these words. the The concept that everybody is a victim or everybody has hurt feelings because somebody said something they didn't like. This is what needs to be taught to the kids: is somebody can say something you don't like, that isn't hate speech. Right. And and there's hate speech is somebody mm-hmm. saying "I hate all." whatever enter your nationality, enter your race here. I hate all people of any religious type of you know whatever religion they follow. That would be hate speech and and with that said, I also don't think you should silence them, but everything else is not hate speech it's
0: it, it the the problematic speech is is literally when you take a group of people and stereotype them based on some superficial feature and then ascribe some attribute to them and then decide you know that you don't like that and that that is hate speech that is racism and that is uh the people who shout most about racism and hate speech seem to be doing the most of it lately and even buying into using I i
2: will even buying into using those terms is a form of acceptance of them i think you know, it, it started with hate crimes, which is really absurd. I mean, does anybody ever kill anybody because they love them? You know, most most crimes, <laughs> most violent well, crimes, euthanasia. Are yeah okay? That you're right. You got me there. But most most violent crimes are motivated by hatred. You know, but all it really succeeded in doing was elevating certain groups of people above others. You know, which is really wrong. It really it's, is. You know, so
0: it, it's not and, so much about about whether or not people will do something with a particular motivation or not. It's it's the, is the end result any different if exactly. you killed somebody and hated them, or if you yeah. killed somebody dispassionately because you just didn't care.
2: Exactly. But the end result is the the, the crime that is labeled a hate sp- a crime is going to get more attention from law enforcement and the judicial system than when it's not. And it's, it's come <laughs> totally wrong.
0: To say totally nothing wrong. of of the impossibility of proving intent in a court of law, yeah. And with hate
2: speeches, there's only speech. There's speech, but you know, where is the where's the counterpoint? Where's love speech? What is that? Is that I want to fuck you? Is that what that is? Is It a <laughs> sexual thing? Is it an affectionate thing? We're, you know, every every plus has to have a minus, but I haven't seen one yet for hate speech. So we're, that's where we're going to go next. You know, it's Maybe just the oh, world there's, could there's, use there's more speech. love speech. The,
0: the, the world <laughs> could <White>. use. <clears throat> There's a lot of hate in the world. Maybe we could just use some more love speech. Maybe we could go back to Free Love of the 60s. I missed out on that the first time around. So did I.
1: (laughs) Well, and I will echo what uh, Ryan said on one of the previous shows when we were talking about, I don't remember what it was, but you said, you know what? You're you're not going to have this effect. It has to be the Electoral College episode where you're like, you know what? Your one vote's not going to really make that big of a difference for president either way, but get your ass out there to your city hall meetings and vote in your local elections and for areas that are starting to buy into this stuff with you know one wasting time like you said at least they're not doing worse things but if you if your local city council is wasting time renaming manholes maintenance holes and in this kind of idiotic stuff get out there if they're talking about you know passing new hate crime or hate speech laws get out there and remind people that speech is simply speech and it really scares me that we're at a point where you have you know that 16-year-old girl that is going to jail because she told somebody you know what go ahead kill yourself <laughs> or the the guy in the college that told my cousin's kid you know you know drink drink and they did it, it really worries me when you start having that kind of a legal responsibility for the words that are coming out of your mouth, that something could be said, like you, uh, we just said you, you don't know context. Right. You don't know, you know, you can't necessarily say how oh, you're being sarcastic or whatever. Things are taking out of context. It really does get to the point to where you just can't say anything to be completely free and run Maybe one of you, either you or Ryan just said, Larry, then you'll be the one that, well, you didn't do anything to save them. So mm-hmm. now you're responsible because you didn't say anything. So, as with all grumpy old Ben's, we get to the end and the problem just seems worse than when we started. <laughs> well,
0: well, that's good or we that's because the, we let the problem go and, and we didn't say anything about it.
1: Well, that is, that is literally the, the, you know, the thing And that I go, I go back to people with kids. Cause that would be the, uh, you know, the main thing it's like, teach them. I think we're I think people of our age, you know, that the 40 and up, I think has a completely different view of the world than people younger than us. And because this is the whole educational system and the media that they've uh, been exposed to is telling them things that are completely different than us. It's like, I'm not saying, you know, again, we've talked about the bullying thing in the past. It's like, I don't want any kid to be bullied, but you know, if somebody just says, you know, like, Hey, uh, you got your, your four eyes, you got glasses. You know, I don't think the other 8 year old should be arrested for that no. you know i mean yeah. it's it's there, there's got to be some kind of logic and that's maybe the thing that's missing the most right now True,
0: True.
1: it's out the well, window
0: we we don't teach it in schools anymore
1: forget logic but we don't teach a lot in schools anymore and maybe that's a whole nother topic on its own because a lot of history is disappearing and i do believe that's another re- you know i think that does tie into the language on why uh You know, once you forget about a lot of the horrible things that happened in the past, you know, the worst thing you can imagine is somebody saying something to you that you don't like. As as a high school (laughs) teacher
0: once told me, those who fail history are doomed to repeat it.
1: Yeah, that is. And that is exactly the, the point. And our history is told with language and that's the other thing you have to really look at you know how these stories are being told what is being altered what is being changed how it's being portrayed because when i was a kid i never heard things like you know george washington was a racist because he owned slaves or any of these founding fathers but when you were a kid he it, wasn't uh, a
0: racist he only became a racist <laughs> isn't that amazing that's right. that's how did that true. change yeah. Yeah. when you were a kid know, and, he was a hero and that is a p- it's because he. Right. History is written by Victor, and uh and Victor's kind of a douchebag. And uh some people are trying to <laughs> to publish new history now.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is, and it has nothing to do with the truth, or it has nothing to do with what actually happened. Everybody is flawed, and uh that is something that people that are pushing for all this stuff seem to forget that everybody at one point or another, I don't think there, you know, if you really want to go to the, those without sin, you know, throw the first stone. I mean, if you want to get all biblical on it, but I I don't think there's anybody on this podcast. I know for sure. Anybody listening that at some point in their life, didn't get mad and say something that they understood afterwards was really an asshole thing to say and if you start putting people in jail for that kind of stuff i mean you want to you want to talk about people like smoking weed that were over overpopulating our jails Mm. if we're going to start putting people in jail for the stuff that they say we're going to need a lot more jails it's coming
2: that guy in scotland count dankula with the uh the pug dog routine he was um he did a few. He did some time. Oh, right. Right. And they could have done a lot right, more. Right. The
1: dog that did something. Did, right. What was he said? Heil Hitler the dog and the said, dog did something. something. Right.
2: The dog said something that they didn't like. And he was looking at, I don't know, a year in the joint. And he did some time, <laughs> you know, I was waiting for whatever.
1: It's horrible. It's insane. <sighs> it's insane. Because I, words are now weapons. And all of us with podcasts are, are going to be on a list. I know that's what. uh Fletcher from the hog story said the other day that all these podcasts are going to be on earth that we're doing now, you know, like and Mr. Bemrose, you said the other day, it's like, how do you know the speech that's legal today when it's not legal in 10 years? And these tapes are out there and they're going to be coming for us. So I guess uh, I, I'm certain we'll just have to be
0: ready. We're only 16 episodes in, and I'm certain that uh, half a dozen things I've said on this podcast are going to completely disqualify me from holding political office 30 years from now.
1: And as a little uh, public service announcement, Fletcher says the whole point of Hog Story is for him to say things that make him an asshole. So that is a great commercial. <laughs> check out Hog Story. And, hogstory.net live Monday nights. And, and if
0: you're if you're familiar with the uh of Fletcher's legacy on the No Agenda stream, you know that he uh he gives the amazing screams uh the in the style of uh the the Hogan's heroes. To, <laughs> <laughs> and uh he just said I just watched all five seasons of hope history. and Heroes And
1: I'm pretty sure Alexa.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure
1: Alexa has me pegged as a racist just for the, the dialogue of that show. So, uh,
0: you know, Fletcher, uh, he, he, reminded me, you know, we were talking about history is written by a guy named Victor, apparently. And, uh, mm. so, so just Peace. in, in the honor of Fletcher,
1: Victor, <laughs> Wow, I heard that coming back through Larry's speakers, just about as loud as uh, it, it went out there. But that's that is a skill that Fletcher has, and, and no agenda. I love it when the no agenda when they just needed one recently, and they're like, "Oh, we need to get Fletcher to do that." Within like 15 minutes, he had the thing recorded, and uh, they were using it on the show. But that's what makes this the no agenda stream a. Uh, an interesting group of creators that I know Adam hates that word, a, a group of people that are making art of all different sorts that do some really cool things. And that's why I was really glad to get your show on there, Larry, because I know you. people dig the stories and the, you tell a story again, you've got that narrator's voice and the way you tell the stories and, and some of the, uh, some of the uh, gangster stories and stuff are just uh, too good to be we need to play some of those older that Larry show episodes too maybe he, if you have a like a greatest 5 or so that you would think are the best story shows Larry get those uh okay. to Sir Bemrose and he can add those into the into the stream because they're timeless stuff and, Thank uh, you. i will I'll, I'll definitely put that <laughs> there,
0: together there for you there's some great stories <laughs> i i or maybe we just go back and and play his his best 200 shows <laughs>
1: <laughs> to start you, at episode one, right? That, that might be the way that, to go. <laughs> that is absolutely. Obviously, you can check out that Larry Show at thatlarryshow.com dot com, and he's got a Patreon with a bunch of other stuff too, with bonus episodes and that. We we started a well, we got a Patreon account for Grumpy Old Ben's. So we just have to figure out if we're going to use that at some point. Right. um there's a lot of people hate patreon True. for different reasons a lot of people even hate paypal and i don't think there's any one service online that is totally free of uh, of somebody hating it but well, uh, they, you know we do the show
0: the, the anti-silicon valley idealist in me says screw patreon they the platform people they're just as bad as google and twitter but of course the capitalist in me says we go where the money is
2: It's almost unavoidable, I mean, because if you're using all of these outfits, the, the financial institutions, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, they've all got their political agendas now. They do. It's terrible. But-
1: True. Well, yes. And most of us don't have the weight of uh, your buddy over at the you know, Dick Masterson, who st- basically started his own Patreon for his own use, uh, which is great yeah. because, you know, that's that's a big help in keeping people from being deplatformed. And I hope that actually can grow for him because, uh, you know, even at very small amounts, you can make a lot of money pretty quick. Yeah,
2: But even 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 in that in- situation, it's still a, a small fraction of his uh, of his revenue. Most of it's still coming in through the, the, the big gun you
1: know sad but true and like i said we do this on the value for value model which we learned from the no agenda show we do have an executive producer on this show once again it is jay finley baron walkman who comes in with a donation and we again as always are honored one that you're listening too, that you're helping us uh, produce the show to keep the lights on, as Larry says, and I always say, keep the microphones humming and and ZenCaster going for all the the recordings. It really, truly means a lot. And it's an honor when anybody, uh, you know, it's an honor when anybody listens to your podcast, Larry. I don't know how you felt when you started doing these things 200 episodes back. Yeah, it's, you know, the first time somebody even buys you a coffee for it. It's like, wow. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. it feels good.
0: I'm, I'm still getting over, you know, being new and still only 16 episodes into this whole podcasting thing. I'm still getting over the idea that anybody would even want to listen to me. And, uh, I'm, I'm still very pleased. And, and I know that sometimes I sound angry on these shows, uh, and it's because I am, but, uh, I tell you what I can't get angry over is anybody who, who thinks that we're doing uh, a good job and sends, uh, a kind word or a note or uh money if if you want to subscribe to the value for value model uh it is always appreciated, and we're just happy to have people listening.
1: yes, yeah, just go to grumpy dot com click that little donate button and sir matthew the the troll room's best known Quebecer says uh, Larry the bat episode was epic oh thank <laughs> I you agree. i agree I, I, I could you know the way you tell the story i could just picture you in the room trying to just tape everything out and uh it, that had to feel like things were going to get messy really quick when the thing went behind the painting <laughs> that I'm was
2: waiting. my clark griswold moment the episode was called <laughs> uh it was for father's day it was larry kills an intruder and I, indeed I did.
0: I, so. I'm waiting for the sequel where you discover that there was a nest. Ooh, shit. <laughs>
1: oh God. That's that's when everybody else in the house just either burns it down or moves away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really? One bat is bad. An infestation, uh no. That would be you know, it's it's you know, big bugs, you know, big spiders would freak me out. But uh, you know, mice are are bad enough, but you know, basically flying rats, oh. that's I don't
2: know. Oh, and the pathogens those things carry. I mean, <laughs> they say if you if you should wake up in the morning in a, in a you know room where you slept the night with a with a bat, you know, get get the rabies shots. It's because they, they almost all carry rabies, and uh, they you know I'll take a rat to a bat anytime. It's <laughs> no you good. Know they
0: <laughs> they say the same thing about the homeless in Seattle these days. <laughs>
2: Well, in L.A., we got you beat. We've got bubonic <laughs> plague and typhus. That is, so there. that
0: is true. It is yes. amazing. It, it is Okay, For watching from the outside, at least, it is amazing seeing California slowly devolve into a third-world yeah. pre-industrial oh. country again.
1: It's incredible. <laughs>
0: it's incredible.
1: You know, and at least in Chicago, they don't shit on the street. Right. Uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know what happened yeah. in L.A., what happened oh, in San Francisco. Oh, I, had,
0: I had my first... My first waiting for a bus and having to step over a pile of human feces on the street mm. of downtown Seattle the other day, it was, it was momentous. So that's happening in Seattle, oh, absolutely. too? absolutely. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's beyond belief. Well, that just means there's plenty of problems for us to talk about for years to come. That's true. Lots of grist.
2: You know, they won't face yeah, it for what none it is. Good. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, they call it a homeless problem. What it is, it's a drug and a mental illness problem. But the political yeah, well, completely I, sidestep it and say, oh, it's it's high rents. And it's no, 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 These if you talk to the cops, the cops are the ones that have to wade yeah. into that shit. We're, and they uh, all say getting, it's a drug and, mental illness. Thing.
0: Cops in Seattle are quitting over that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, we'll the drug problem me. is on the street and the mental illness problem is in City Hall.
1: That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Yeah. It, well, that's that is it. That is again, when you have officials that are totally out of touch even on a local level you're probably not going to get things better which is why like ryan said in one of the previous episodes go out and vote locally and take part as much as people don't want to take the time to get involved with local politics It's pretty much vital at this point if you want to have your voice heard. And it's also vital if you have kids to attend some PTA meetings and ask your kids to see their homework and what they're being taught. And if you see any red flags, again, speak up, because that is the biggest problem with a lot of this stuff is nobody speaks up until the problem is so bad. You know, you can't. It used to be nice when you can go out. Somebody else will take care of that. I can just sit here and and sip a whiskey and and have a cigar and not worry about anything. I think those days are over. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, with with enough denial, you can still do that.
1: Out <laughs> for that. God, yeah. You do have a point. Well, and with that, we will wrap this one up. We definitely want to thank you for coming along, Larry. You're Garrett. Oh. I guess you are a honorary grumpy old Ben now that this is your second episode and you were on pretty much the first one. So we welcome you back anytime for a variety of subjects because you tell a story like nobody else. Oh. And we like the take no shit attitude. There's no doubt about
0: it. Thank That's you. Well, absolutely. I am
2: doubly honored to set in with you guys. It's a the pleasure's all mine and I'm very grateful. Thank you. A lot of fun.
0: Uh, it's a lot of fun talking with you Larry. I uh, I I wish I had discovered you a lot sooner. Uh I I only I only found out about you after Darren brought you to the No Agenda <laughs> crowd and uh I I actually have gone b- back and started listening to all the episodes just because well, thank your, you your voice is mesmerizing and you tell a great story. Thank so, you very much. Thank you for coming on and talking with us. Thanks guys.
1: Been a blast. Yes, we definitely appreciate it. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where we love the barbecue. But uh, and nobody's shitting in the street. So I guess we're all positive.
0: And from America's left coast, where civic duty means punching conservatives in the street. I'm Ryan Pemrose. Later.